Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Welcome to another episode of Sales Velocity TV. We are talking peak performance today in business and in selling, Aaron, and it is a slightly off-topic topic, but one of those things that I think you know me a long time. I could talk about this stuff forever. I would change the name of the show tomorrow to like, I don't know, productivity or peak performance velocity, whatever, but it's all going to tie back to selling more in, uh, in the new year or whenever you may be tacking on a sales process in your business. But I'm excited to talk about this today. Peak performance is something that is a, it's a topic that, that is just, we could go in so many different directions, but we do have a format. You know what? I'm, I'm super excited about this because this is such a core pillar of, of what we, you and I do on a daily basis and, and what we strongly encourage other people to do. And everybody always just wants to talk about the marketing, the meat and the potatoes, the, the conversions of this and that. But Every business owner, I tell every one of our clients, the number one resource you have for being successful in your business is your energy. The you. CEO, the owner, you know, whoever you are, if your energy is garbage, you know, it's that old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Yes. Yes. So this is a you ink play today, everybody. If you're watching on TV, great to have you here on the on the TV version, the live stream version. If you're listening to the podcast, this is going to be a big one. As we're recording this, we're a couple of weeks out from a new year. But this is one of those things where, you know, we talk a lot about tactics and funnels and traffic and sales and selling more with less resistance theme of the show. But every time somebody gets stuck, if, we, if we're doing deep coaching, right, and somebody's getting really stuck in their business or they're in the weeds, so to speak, a lot of times they've let themselves go. I find this quite a bit. I think that's what you were hinting at earlier. They've let themselves go a little bit physically, maybe mentally, nutritionally, supplement, supplementation-wise. We're in the middle of a pandemic right now. There's so much that you can do that you're probably not doing. And this is an optimization of you conversation today, which ultimately will allow you to optimize the way you run the business and the sales process better for sure. So we're going to dig into these pills. In fact, we're going to have a little fun with this today, Aaron. We're going we're gonna to go back and forth here. And I'm going to ask you... What are some of the peak performance optimization strategies you do in your business to get the best result? I'll talk about the ones that are here for me, and we'll dissect them. We'll agree probably on most, maybe not so much on others. Well, actually, we talked about this earlier. We're pretty much on the same page, but we're better at you're better at some, I'm better at others. So let's let's dig into peak performance secrets here today, and uh, let's kick it off with I'm going to go to you, right? So as cool. you're you and I've known each other a long time, we've built many businesses. We've had many clients. We've done our own projects. We worked together oh, in a company and, that did, you know, I think, 100 million in sales. And every time we look at the cream of the crop people, they take really good care of themselves and they protect their time and they protect their productivity in a way that it's almost like it's gold in the vault. It's militant yes, level. It's militant. And, you know, I think we got to give people a little bit of context too. You know, when I was growing up, I was shooting to be a professional soccer player player. I made it to the national team level. You know, unfortunately I didn't crack the world cup team. You know, I got let go when I was 18 from that. And then I went into mixed martial arts, 
tried to get into the UFC, worked with quite a few of the high-level UFC um, you know, champions. Daniel Cormier is a very good friend of mine who just retired from the UFC as heavyweight champ. Uh, you played wide receiver at Hofstra. Um, we're a big football guy. I've owned a CrossFit gym. Like this has been part of our fiber, you know, our whole lives. Mm. And it's, and, and, and then we see the people that don't have this, this pattern in their lives and how quickly they get derailed. And as we go into 2021, the whole goal is to reset, recharge, set new habits, go into 2021 with goals set, fired up, ready to go, ready to crush you know, 2020 or 2020, let's, let's put this in the rear view mirror and let's set ourselves up for success in 2021 like never before. Yeah. So let's, let's do that. So we're going to go back and forth on, on our own productivity hacks. Uh, I'm going to start with my first one, which took me a long, long, long time to figure out. I used to be that guy, hustle till you die. You know, sleep is for the weak. You know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I've said all of those things in my past. And about two years ago, I realized what a moron I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now I tell all of our clients rule number one for me is sleep is everything, right? The brain and the body are the biggest asset we have to work with. And, you know, I've looked at studies and, and, and some of these studies are crazy. You know, one hour less of your optimal sleep pattern per night reduces your immune system's effectiveness by up to 10%. Mm. So you think you go out and you, you have one night where you're like, oh man, I got to work this project or I got to do these meetings. I'm going to pull an all nighter, right? That's a I gotta pull, Yeah. I'm going to pull an all nighter and you, you lose three hours of sleep. You've now reduced your immune system by 30 to 40% and you've made yourself susceptible to an illness, which can take you off the shelf for two, three, four, seven days. The, the, the exchange of value is not worth what you just pulled off. And, and for me, when I talk to, to people like you, Andrew, you know, I tell people, everybody is different. Everybody has an optimal sleep cycle. I've tested mine out over the last few years. And I know that my optimal amount of sleep where I have the most awareness, I feel the most recharged. I feel the sharpest is nine hours per night. And you laughed at me right before I, you we told me this. before the show. And I'm like, I remember you told me that years ago, but I thought maybe when you told me that last, we were kids or something, not, not that we, right. But man, that is, you know, how you pull it off. I'm anxious to listen. I'm sure the viewers are as well. I, I, it's a crutch for me, which I'll talk about in a minute, but man, you, you got it nailed. I don't know how the hell you do it. Yeah. but tell I, us. I, and, it, and it's weird because you have to then say, well, how does this fit into my life and my lifestyle? I have three kids. Yeah. I've got four businesses you know, I want to, I want to work out. Like there's a, there's only so many hours in a day. Right. And what worked for me is I go to bed at the same time as my eight year old goes to bed. We go, everybody in my house laughs at us. They go, Oh, it's, it's, it's Kessler and dad's bedtime, which is for, is eight 30. I go to bed at eight 30 every single night. I sleep till five 30 in the morning and then I'm up and I'm at it. And you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about how I structure the end of my work day. Mm. To make that, to hit that, yeah, to make to that hit happen. that and make that realistic. But yep. you know, nine thirty. If I go to bed at nine thirty till six thirty, you know, I got to get up and get the kids ready for school, and so I don't. I, it doesn't match the schedule. So you know, I just found that eight thirty to five thirty works for me. And if you think that's crazy, go look at Mark Wahlberg. The guy goes to bed at, at something like like seven o'clock or something like that. Yeah, he's he like a seven up. to four kind of a guy, from what I read. Yeah, he's seven to four. You know who else? You know who else? Aaron Tom Brady's nine nine p.m. His TB12 method in his book, he's 9 p.m. to 5 p.m., uh, 5 a.m., like you. Yeah. 9, I mean, to, five. Just, 9 to 5 on the other side, right? 
Yeah, and he's obviously an eight-hour guy because talk about somebody who like optimizes everything. Tom Brady is a freak show when it comes to optimization. Totally Clearly, right. his pattern is eight hours because he goes nine to five, right? My, I wish mine wasn't nine hours. I wish it was. I wish I was like uh, I saw some famous actor the other day. Uh, one of the comedians, the short guy that's always in the movies with The Rock, uh, Kevin. Is it Kevin? Uh, whatever. Doesn't matter. He sleeps four hours a night and he feels like a champ. He's like, I, I just know my body. My body only wants to sleep four hours, so I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I wish I was that guy. I'm not that guy. You've obviously I, tested it. It's fascinating I, because you know that if you do six or seven, you're probably toast. Where me, oh, I'm, I'm great on seven or eight, personally, but nine, I feel like I couldn't do it if I tried. It, it, everybody's different. Yeah. So if yours is seven, it's seven. If yours is eight, it's eight. You got to test it and feel it out. What? How long would you sleep if nobody woke you up? How long would you sleep if there was no That's alarm clock? That's the test, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the test. Yeah. And, and if you if you keep having to wake yourself up with an alarm clock, that means you're not getting the optimal amount of sleep for you. So you have to back your bedtime up appropriately to find where that matches. I wake up every morning without an alarm clock at the exact same time, like like clockwork. Right? You've got so it optimized. Clearly, I've got it optimized. Do you and, track and your sleep at all? Do you have any sleep trackers? No, I've thought about getting those sleep trackers, those watches or the aura rings or any of those kind of things. But I, I, I actually just don't see the, the, the point, you know, at this juncture, because I know exactly what I need. I've tested already. I, I mean, REM sleep and all that stuff. I guess I could look at it. But yeah, it, that's that's the maybe that's something in the future. Yeah. Um, but I would tell every entrepreneur out there, don't buy the bullshit of, you know, pull all nighters and work until you die and all that kind of stuff. Like. It's about being efficient and maximum productivity level when you're working on the projects that you're working on. And in order for that to happen, you need to recharge your brain and you need to recharge your body. Yeah, I, mean, I got to tell you, you do a masterful job of this. It's a huge crutch for me. I'm real strong in other areas, which we'll talk about. The sleep thing is a crutch for me. I got the aura ring, you know, the little middle yep. finger ring. Just because I want to track deep sleep and REM sleep. And also, it's good because it, it, it shows me if I'm waking up, right? You can see, I can right. see like, again, last night, not a great night's sleep. Woke up three times. Don't When I say woke up, I didn't like wake up and sit up and go, what's going on here? Like at some point, the body woke up. And I can tell on those days where REM or deep sleep is low that I'm a little foggy and a little fuzzy and a little off. So I, I needed to track it because I have trouble getting the discipline to sleep before 11 for me, right? You, you, you'll have a heart attack. I go to sleep at like 11, which yeah. I'd like it to be 10. You're in bed at nine, like Brady and Wahlberg and these guys. 8.30. So 830. 8.30, sorry, man. 8.30, it's fascinating to me, but it's, it's you're right. I, I just bought a book about this. Funny, I bought a book called Why We Sleep. Hmm. And I've been listening to, I listen to Dave Asprey a lot. He's the bulletproof guy. I listen to Dr. Mark Hyman a lot, really great uh, functional medicine doctor. And these guys have been, they've been releasing courses in 2020, Aaron, on sleep because exactly what you just said, because of this immune system meltdown pandemic we're in. COVID-19 is a, is an immune system wrecker. That's what it does. It comes in and, and frankly, it, it, What's the word I'm looking for? It feasts on weak immune system. It does not yes. feast on strong immune systems, by the way. No, right? not at all. Um, and no. there's a ton you can do, which we can talk about a little bit here today since we are in and, that and time. The, and the funny thing is, is you don't get the sleep because of another point that I'm going to touch on later that if you started to adopt it, you wouldn't have those interruptions in your sleep. But I don't want to I don't want to go into that next topic. I want to go back to you. What's your, you know primary, number one productivity. Yeah, I'll tell you. Let me finish the thought on the immune system. So what you said about the immune system, that was what got my attention more in 2020 than anything else. Is I didn't realize that 
skimping on sleep could could break the immune system down. I just thought it was maybe a mental function thing, right? I just maybe wouldn't be as sharp and maybe I wouldn't have, you know, as much REM or growth hormone release, which is what we want from sleep, right? That 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 restorative sleep. But the immune system thing, because we're in an immune system pandemic right now, it makes it even more important. It's why I bought that book, Why We Sleep. But Dr. Mark Hyman and Dave Asprey, they've been putting out courses and trainings this year, 2020. I've seen them both. They're both like the biggest players in functional medicine. They've been putting out courses and training on getting sleep optimized. You got it nailed. I need to work on it better, but um, it's a big... You know what? I'll I'll end this point with this. Do you know that since I started going to bed at 8.30 and waking up at 5.30, which I started doing 14 months ago, I have not been sick one day? There you go. There you go. You know, I, I, I often wonder why if I send you a Skype message at like nine o'clock at night because I have a cool idea for something, I'm like, this guy just never responds to me at night. It's very disrespectful. Nothing personal. <laughs> now I know. I didn't know about the 830 thing. I knew you went to bed early, but I was thinking 10 nope. But man, that's a biggie. Let's move on because um, mine's a little different. Mine's a little bit more active. Yours is obviously passive. My big thing for peak performance as human beings that are in business as entrepreneurs, business owners, you're the driver of your business. You're the decision maker. You're the leader in the business. If you don't treat yourself, your body, and your mind, we're talking about it here today, like it's you know a Ferrari, you're completely insane. I've never seen one high-powered CEO, athlete, entertainer, business owner not have a game plan for taking care of the way they take care of themselves when it comes to exercise. Me, for me, the pillar there is strength training exercise. Not going to boot camps and jumping around and getting all sweaty and confusing activity with accomplishment for 45 minutes, although that's good to get the heart up and to get sweat going. But if you're not if you're not deliberately building strength and muscle in the body, and don't misconstrue this for becoming a bodybuilder or playing football. It's not any of that. It's just that as the body ages, so you and I are in our 40s, mid-40s, right? Maybe I'm a little higher than mid-40s, but I'm going to play with that today. Mid-40s, right? As I'm on the low it, end of the, the 40s. No, you're not. You're mid-40s too. And <laughs> as you get into your 30s, late 30s, let's say, right? You would be blown away, Aaron. I think you know how yep. quickly the muscle and the strength in the body just deteriorates year after year. It's like a downward slope. Here's the effect of that. The effect of letting the body go from a strength standpoint and from just, just, you know, just from a muscle and a strength standpoint is everything else falls after it. Everything else, shoulders, knees, backs. I see people in my office all day long, my back, I can't sit, my shoulder. They're always in pain because they're getting weaker by the year, right? So most people I've noticed, because I've been in the strength training, fitness, football world since I'm 14, And I've always made sure that the foundation of any exercise program I've ever done at the foundation is pushing hard strength training. I'm not saying you need to go deadlift 400 pounds, but you need to continue to build strength in the body, the shoulders, the chest, the back, the legs, the hips, because if you don't, everything starts to fail. And most people don't connect loss of strength with pain. And most people are in tremendous pain today. I think as a society today, we're in more pain than we've ever been in history. That's why painkillers are through the roof. That's why ailments are through the roof, right? Do you, do you hear people talk about how much pain they're in all the time? I do. You don't all talk to anybody, and, so it's and, you don't talk to people. I do. And, and I know that you're extra militant about it. Like you'll go get bone density and muscle density yeah. tested, you know, once a year 
that right. you actually study the math around it, and and if you see it's going in the wrong direction, you'll you'll adapt and you'll pivot. yeah. You you're, you just nailed it. So you you know you want to know what is the percentage of muscle mass, and again, don't misconstrue this for you need to be an athlete or a or or some sort of wrestler or football player to know these numbers. If you see the muscle, and this is an easy test, by the way, if you see that the muscle mass percentage is going from 95 to 90 to 87 to 60, right? Muscle mass, the, 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 of your body weight, how, what is the percentage that is actual muscle, right? So if you weigh 180 pounds and you have 90% muscle mass, you know, how much of that is actually muscle? If you keep seeing that trail off and most people never look at this number, what is going to follow the trail off is pain in multiple different areas of the body. Now let's go back to performance. How do you perform enthusiastically and energetically when your shoulder's killing you, your back's killing you, your leg's killing you, your ankle's killing you, you have plantar fasciitis in your feet, you're as tight as can be, you're weak. I mean, this all translates to quality of life. We're talking business on this show and sales and selling more and ultimately making more money in your business. You can't do any of it if you let yourself fall apart. So my pillar is always keeping the body strong physically in fighting the good fight, because again, 40, 45, 50, strength is, is falling off a cliff. And you have to fight it to, to just almost to, almost to stay at even, right? Uh, yeah, you have to work way harder to stay at yeah, even. You are way I, harder, I was yeah. at a, a conference. I don't know if you were at this conference with me. I don't think you were. But um, Bill Phillips, remember the Body yes. for Life author? Monster success, Body for Life. Yeah, and he owned EAS. Yep. Do you remember those, the big I supplement do. company? Of course, Myoplex uh, was the protein supplement that they brought out. Yeah, absolutely. And and did he we, start metrics? Was that him yes. or was that? Yes, he started. That metrics was the well. biggest engineered nutrition shake mm-hmm. model. I was in college at the time. It was like, yeah, we're still we, fire. We, we still stay connected maybe once every four or five years. We're, we're friends on Facebook and whatever. And he did this thing at the event and man, did it piss some people off. He showed the speed that electricity moves through fat versus moves through muscle. Ah, good one. And the reason that he showed it is he basically came out on stage and said, for all you entrepreneurs, I want you to know that being fat makes you dumb. Great you point. are dumber. To where I'm headed. You are dumber than that person over there, scientifically proven, not IQ, the fat, the speed that it moves through fat versus muscle is significantly different. So by being overweight, you are choosing to be dumber than your competition. And oh, did that ever set off a firestorm? People, people, you know, that are overweight are going, are you calling me dumb? He's, I'm calling you dumber than you should be. You right? know what's funny like, about what you just said right there? So if you remember a couple episodes ago, we talked about the power of emotion and agitation in your sales process. He agitated the living daylights. That was one of our methods. Oh, did he ever. Right? And he, he agitated, but science. listen, agitation leads to action. He agitated yeah. them enough to probably take the action they know they should take, which I don't know what was going on at that conference, but maybe well, he was selling a program. I'll close that loop. I'll close that loop. He challenged us all to go on his Body for Life program for eight weeks. And then what he did is he said, for every pound of fat this group loses, I will donate $1,000 to, I can't remember whatever, the, maybe it was Make-A-Wish Foundation right. or something like that. And he agitated everybody so much in there that we ended up losing something like he, we, we raised like $200,000 over the next eight weeks because everybody was Super. so agitated by his scientific presentation around how it was impacting their business that they were like, "That I'm going home and changing this immediately. Tremendous. And one of the reasons why he was a tremendous success, you, know, we, we, you and I love on the show to look at really powerful examples of great marketing, 
great psychology behind the marketing that leads to monster enterprises, right? And that, that was a great example. The Bill Phillips from Muscle Media 2000 magazine that I think he was a part of, huge publication when I was in college, to the development of metrics, engineered nutrition, the first real meal replacement shake ever created, by the way. Now there's yep. a gazillion of them was metrics in the 90s. And then that led to Myoplex. And then that led to a huge sale of that company. And you're yep. right. He, the Body, Body for Life, best-selling book. I mean, he's everywhere. That's a great example of a guy who optimized the daylights out of himself and ultimately turned it into a business and became a better, a better business owner because of the way he took care of himself. So we talk sleep as a biggie for you. For me, it's exercise, but really to chunk that down, it's strength, deliberate strength training to keep the body strong, to avoid pain, to be able to perform better. Let's go yeah. to your next one. Which yeah, I, and I think that that I, I run two to three miles a day, four to five times a week, and I do CrossFit twice a week. Where I think I can do a better job is I think that I can do more strength training stuff in right. my in in my in in my routine my weekly routine. So kind of talk about like nobody should Good be looking point. at themselves going, oh, I'm a loser, right? Everybody's strong in certain areas and they're weaker in certain areas. And we bring awareness to it, then you can make a decision where you want to up your game, right? You know, a, a little bit as we go into a brand new year. Why not New Year's why resolutions not? and all that stuff, right? So, um, one of my my other favorite optimization techniques is Robin Sharma. I don't know if you know Robin Sharma. As he wrote the monk yes. that sold the Ferrari. Yes. Right? You know, so I started has, listening Aaron to his podcast lately. He's, he, I like his stuff. He's got some really. Yeah, good. I mean, he, he wrote the what was the the five, did he write that book like the five a.m. thing? What was that the five a.m. Yeah, or? the five a.m. club is right. his thing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of his other things. So his his twenty 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 rule, uh, I started following about six months ago, and it had a really dramatic impact because what I was doing is I was waking up in the morning, and the first thing I was doing is I was grabbing my phone, I was looking at my notifications, I was hitting my email, and then you know, my adrenaline system was just getting shot. There was like no easing into the day. I was like agitated right out of the, out of the, you know, literally from bed to agitation. My guess is that's the majority right there. And that's something we can undo. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I wanted to change it. So I started to do some research and I came across this 2020 method and the 2020 method is that the, you get out of bed, whatever you do, get your coffee, you know, go to the bathroom, whatever. And you don't touch the phone or the computer in any business capacity whatsoever. The first thing that you do is you got 20 minutes of movement. So I get up, I have my coffee, I take my coffee, I walk outside, I like to get vitamin D on my skin right away in the morning, it, it does a, has a lot of biochemical reactions, but I, I walk to the beach. It's a 20 minute walk to the beach, come back, right? So I got 20 minutes of movement. So first thing is 20 minutes of movement. Second thing is I sit down at my desk and then the next 20 minutes, is now that my brain's engaged from the movement, I write down what I'm grateful for, what do I wanna accomplish in the day, what are my top three priorities to accomplish in the day, still haven't touched anything, nobody's got into my world yet, right? And then the next 20 minutes after that is watching something that's personal growth driven. So I might pull up a YouTube video with Tony Robbins or a, a Brendan Bouchard or a Robert Kiyosaki, or maybe it's a CEO like Robert Iger from Disney. And I'll just listen to them talking, you know, to, to create that positive mental flow and always make sure I'm putting credits in the system of learning from people who are more successful than me. So now I've done the 20 of the movement, the 20 of the, the day planning and gratitude journaling and stuff like that, and 20 of learning. And now, now only will I open 
anything that, you know, somebody needs my attention. It just sets me 60 mentally minutes. on the right track. One, one focused hour for the most part, yep. right? Yep. For you to get strong for your day. That's right. That's impressive. That's impressive. I know we talked about it earlier, but it, I have heard of that model. Um, I like those three pillars a lot. And I don't know how you could fail staying consistent with something like that. I really don't. I mean, you know what to, it makes to, me, to, it, to it take makes me care of yourself person. first thing in the day is so critical. Because it, I know for a fact what you just said, Aaron. I know for a fact that this is without question the first thing that's happening for most people. And I'm telling you, you set your day up. You go right into reaction mode, not yep. proaction mode. So That's you're right. reactive, not proactive. You're basically saying, I'm choosing to fail the day if I start the day off reactive versus proactive. You're starting the day proactive as all hell. Yep. Most people go right into reaction mode and the day just spirals away and they yep. get really drained by the way because Absolutely. they get pulled in so many different directions. Yeah, you're just dumping yourself right into the fire first thing yeah. in the morning. It's, it's, it's a horrific way to start your day and, and, and I will never go back. Now that I've stopped doing that, never go back. Awesome. Fascinating. Um, let's go to the next one. Is that me or you? Me? I think that's you. I think you want to talk about nutrition. Yeah. I think the other biggie, just to piggyback off the whole exercise strength training thing is we are in a complete battle today nutritionally. And a lot of what's going on with COVID is because people's bodies have completely melted down nutritionally. Their immune system's a disaster. Inflammation is through the roof. They're overweight. In, in COVID, it's like a magnet. Any virus is a magnet to that. I mean, people are shocked by the number of cases in America. I'm not the least bit shocked by the number of cases in America. This is the sickest, fattest, most inflamed nation on the planet Earth. And it's, it's a cakewalk for a virus. Flu, COVID, cold, doesn't matter, right? It's a cakewalk. It's mag it magnetizes to that you know, that massive unhealthiness. But the challenge we have today nutritionally is we may think we're eating well. Oh, I eat well. I, I'm kind of, you know, I, I watch what I eat. But we are, our food system and our water system today, at least in America, is ridden with chemicals, toxins, carcinogens, herbicides, pesticides, hormones, steroids. So you maybe think you're eating a quality piece of meat or a quality piece of bread or a quality piece of fruit. But mo in most cases, it isn't even in its natural form anymore. So what happens is that causes massive brain fog. When the food source is polluted, like most of it is today, frankly, it is causing massive brain fog. So looping back to performance, you talked about sleep. I talked about strength training. You talked about a morning routine. You better get a handle on what you're putting in your body. Jim Rohn said early on, I remember he said, you know, you wouldn't put crappy oil into a Ferrari, so don't put crappy food into your body, right? We didn't have this problem, Aaron, in the 80s when we grew up. Food was food. There was no organic because everything already was organic. So the fact that things are conventional and organic today is to me the biggest problem that faces society, frankly. I mean, it's, it's, it's an environmental slash food source issue. To me, nothing else matters. If the environment in the food source is corrupt and broken and disturbed, none of us can perform, none of us can grow, and none of us can really avoid diseases. So it's a huge downward spiral. You'll never even be able to get the result in your business if you want to get a result in your business. If you're constantly in brain fog pollution mode, and that's frankly where we are. I could talk about it for hours. I've studied it 10 ways till Sunday for probably a decade or two. So really, it's being really careful nutritionally where you're sourcing your food. And the second part of it is where you're going to get the most performance mindset-wise and physically, again, back to physical and mental, is when you keep the carbohydrate slash sugar thing to a low. I don't think you need to eliminate it. I don't think you need to go on some radical keto diet unless you feel like you want to lose a ton of body weight. 
it, at the end of the day, those aren't good long term. It's good to cycle in and out of those for just, you know, to not to deplete your hormones, different conversation. But you got to just be careful of heavy carbs because heavy carbs cause brain fog and they cause huge spikes in insulin. So if you're feeling like, God, every day I need 18 cups of coffee and I can't get the most out of my day and I'm just, I'm just, I can't stay engaged. This is a biggie, right? I can't pay attention. level. Yeah. Like you can't, like sustained energy is a problem today, right? We talk about performance and energy. If you don't have sustained energy, if you keep having brain fog, most likely it's two things. Either there's too much carbohydrate insulin spikes in your diet and your food source, your nutrition and water source is probably so polluted. You don't even know it that even if you do think it's good, it's just so drained of nutrients that you just can't think straight. And we get that a lot. I speak to business owners all day, every day. I have coaching clients. And a lot of times when they're struggling and frustrated and agitated, the first thing I do is I'm like, what are you putting into your body? Right? And this isn't a nutrition conversation. Oh, go eat fruits and vegetables. We're, like That was 20 years ago's conversation. Now it's go eat fruits and vegetables, but now you got to find out where they came from because they've been polluted. So now we actually yep. have to like, it's crazy. And it's, it's, it's a hard game to play today. And it's one of the reasons that people just can't get themselves out of bed, off the ground, out of pain, and into production mode. It's crazy. Yeah. Don't eat Frankenfoods. Yep. Don't, don't eat But here's the other thing. <laughs> don't trust every single thing that you think is good for you because in most cases, it's been polluted and corrupted and herbicides and pesticided and steroided out and injected with meats in particular, right? You know, if you're eating good quality grass-fed beef, steak, chicken, wild fish, not farm-raised, not corn-fed, awesome. But if you're not, don't bother because you're literally going to have brain fog and you're going to be so agitated from it, you won't feel good. And this is about feeling good enough to perform at your best, to build the business of your dreams and to be able to sell and perform and build teams. That's really what we're all about on the show. And none of it's going to happen without these kind of optimization strategies. Absolutely. So let's go into the next one. And this one, it kind of dovetails off what we're talking about before is I have a morning yep. routine, but I also have a night routine. And this is something that I started testing five weeks ago. And you just learned about this as well because you, <laughs> you were also irritated by this is that because I go to bed at 8.30, I have to have time with my family and I have to have time to decompress from my work schedule, Yeah. right? Because if you, the, the, the problem that's happening a lot in, in, I think it's around the world, not just in the United States or, or Canada, is that we're, we're stuck to our phone 24 seven. And what's happening in addition to being stuck to the phone is every app that's on our phone has a notification system. I got Slack hitting me. I got Skype hitting me. I got WhatsApp hitting me. I got text hitting me. I got email notifications. I got social media. It's like a notification wildfire right. in my phone 24-7. Right. So when, if we're carrying this around with us all the time with all of these dings going off, you're, you're literally a pinball going back and forth and your brain doesn't have time to decompress. And on top of that, you're not present at all with your family, which is why when you go to restaurants, like you were saying earlier, or you see people in the living rooms these days, they're all sitting around each other like this, looking in front of the phone, and, and there's zero connectivity and there's zero winding down you know, happening. So about five weeks ago, at five o'clock, work's done, and this was something that took me a long time to break because there's always a million things we can do as entrepreneurs. Work's done. Now it's dinner time. Now it's family time and I'll have my phone because, you know, I might play a game on it or I might check Facebook or Instagram or, you know, whatever, because I'm just chilling out. 
but there's no notifications on my phone. So I do not open my email. I, all my notifications are off. Actually, all my notifications are off on my phone 24 seven because Great. I got so irritated oh, by it dinging all day long and disrupting my productivity. Totally agree. I, I can't never even wrong. believe if you're a business owner that you even let the phone beep to alert you that there's a text message. To me, that nope. is just madness. Oh, it drives my wife crazy because my what, phone do you is don't on. have the beeps on. Well, it's first off the phone's on mute because I don't want anybody calling me, disrupting me in the middle of what I'm doing. And all right. the notifications are on mute or, or not even on. And half the time she calls me and I don't pick up because I don't even hear it because it, it was breaking my productivity and breaking my creative cycle. Sure. And at night, what it's allowed me to do is get my time back, focus, you know, spend time with my wife, spend time with my kids. And without looking at that phone from five o'clock till 830, mm -hmm. when I go to bed, my brain has relaxed. Yeah. And it has allowed itself to start drifting into shutdown mode. It can wind down, right? It can wind down. Yeah. Whereas before, when the notifications were on and I was answering emails and answering slacks and WhatsApps and whatever, all the way up to like maybe eight o'clock, I'd go to go to bed at eight thirty to maximize my sleep schedule, and my brain was still whizzing around yes. with all of the conversations that I'd had on my phone up to that juncture. And then all of a sudden I'd look at the clock, it'd be nine 30, it'd be 10. And, and then you're still you kind know. of a little agitated at the point, you know, yeah. you still have stuff to do and people to respond to and yeah. there's open conversations, right? It just, it's, it's that reaction, reaction, reaction mode, right? Yeah. It's it. And it's a simple thing, but, but people are addicted to their phones because they get serotonin release. They get endorphin release from it. They don't, it's like, it's like, it's literally like electronic crack. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. So yeah. They're, they're addicted to it. So the way to break the addiction is just turn it all off so it can't notify you of anything and be done. Be done your work at a certain time. Maybe that's – now everybody gets up earlier or later than everybody else or eats dinner earlier or later. Like you have to adjust it to your schedule. Mine is 5 because we have dinner at 5.30 and then I have three hours of time with my kids and then I go to bed. So, you know, I don't want that, you know – triggering me for three hours before I need to go to sleep. I think the big takeaway there is you just need to decide on when you're done, right? And yep. being decisive with anything is powerful, right? You decide on when you're done and then you're done and you can actually wind down and be done. It's like you close the loop on the day, right? If you decide you're shutting tech off at six, seven, eight, whatever it is for you, then you've made that decision. You've closed that door. You've drawn that line in the sand and now you can go do the other thing in peace and in presence. And I think well, and, it's, and, and not it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. Let's let's address this too. A lot of people are scared. Like, oh, I could never turn off my phone at five o'clock. There's a fear factor. Andrew Andrew might email me a question, or my team, or like my friend has a contracting company. And he's like, oh my god, you know, somebody can have a question about an installation of a this blah 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 blah. You, when you don't take control of your time, you're training the world around you of what's acceptable. And Great. if you give an inch, you're going to give a mile, right? So if people all of a sudden start hitting you at 6.30 and you're responding, they're like, oh, well, clearly he likes to work at night. Let's try him at 7. Therefore, that door's opened, right? Yeah, then 8.30, then 9.30, then then all of a sudden the next day, they're like, hey, man, I texted you at 8.30 last night. You didn't respond. Why the hell should I be responding to a text at 8.30 at night? The business day's over, uh -huh. right? So you're by, by taking control of it, you're actually training the other people around you. And at first they won't like it. Just let them know, hey, like I shut this off at five o'clock. That's it. And they're like, okay, got it. So yeah, done. I won't uh, abuse if you. If I now. need to, to reach you, it's got to be before five or right. I'm going to hear from you at seven o'clock in the morning. Right. Yep. Like just it, it's taking that control back 
you know, and it's a positioning thing too, right? Yeah. If, if you're available 24 seven to everybody around you, you're really devaluing yourself in the marketplace, at least in my opinion. I agree totally. I agree totally. You're, you know, I, I, years ago, I heard somebody put it this way where they were like, listen, you're not, unless you're a bail bondsman or a fireman, you don't need to be on and available 24 seven. And certainly when you are, you look very needy and weak. Like you said, there is a positioning play there. So, so, so think about your business, right? So especially in your business, if you are in the business of consulting, coaching, you have clients, like if you're in a business where clients are dealing with you or you're dealing with clients and you don't define the terms of how you deal with that client and when the communication channels are open, you lose total power and total authority in the relationship and you will get taken advantage of. Human beings are just naturally wired that if an inch is given, like you said, a mile will be taken, right? We work with teams all the time. I work with teams. Even when I'm training my team internally, I'm like, listen, guys, when you're managing projects, I'm having a conversation the other day about this with one of our project managers. I said, listen, when you're yeah, managing, I saw it. you saw it, right? When you're managing projects, what I want you to do as a perfect example here is, is don't make yourself available all the time when somebody has a 911 issue because what you do is you're creating that, that, that sense of entitlement where they think they can just grab you and you're the only client in the world. What I want you to do is I want you to take two hours in the day from four to six, let's say, whatever it is for you, and those are your only calendar openings so that the rest of your day is protected to be productive and to be present and to do your work and to get things done. And people will adjust to the fact that you're only available during that window and they can book a time with you in that window. I got to tell you, man, not only it's leadership, but people will respect the discipline. And when they respect the discipline, they respect you more and they will not take advantage of, they'll value you more. It's one of the things we teach more so than anything else when we're coaching or working with clients outside of business is structuring your day in a way that clients or customers will not abuse you. Uh, we had to do the same thing inside of the agency. We had, you know, clients hitting us up inside of base camp 24 seven and then the team wanting to be helpful right. and wanting to do their job, you know, at the best of their ability. We started to see them responding back to clients 20, 30 times a day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a, and downward, I said that's, them, that's a downward then, spiral. Then when they're trying to focus on actually doing work, like actually work they're being hired for and the client doesn't see a response for three hours, then they're going, well, what's happening? What's taking you so long to respond? Because you've trained the client now that it's acceptable for them to send you a message and, and res- you're going to respond in 10 minutes. Yeah. Agreed. Right. So we actually said to them, you may not respond to clients until the end of the day, just like you just talked about. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, Mr. Client, I saw your four or five questions. Here's the answer to your four or five questions. You do it at the end of the day so it protects your productive time. Yep. And the, the mandate that we gave to them and our clients is uh, we will respond to you back, back to you within 24 hours. Not one, not two, 24. That is more than sufficient running an organization because our goal is to get results and be productive. Our goal is not to be- Not to be putting out fires all day a sounding board for 72 questions all day long. How does yeah. anybody get anything done yeah. in that environment? Yeah, agreed, agreed. And, and to dovetail off that, when you set these expectations early on in business, then you don't have these push-pull problems, right? So uh, the, the other thing is a lot of business owners, they don't set the expectations early on in some sort of a client-customer relationship. They just leave it open-ended, right? So it loops yep. back to the topic of the day where if you 
just leave your day and the way you treat yourself open-ended and you're in reaction mode, you're pretty much doomed from a health standpoint. If you leave your schedule open-ended and you let people get to you whenever and you're in reaction mode all day, that's a meltdown as well. So we, so you're in a, you're in a business productivity daytime meltdown and you're in a meltdown mentally and physically as well because that's all spiraled out of control. So all this is about is taking extreme ownership of the way you take care of yourself and the way you treat your day and the way you treat your time so that everything can live in balance. And that's the ultimate goal, I think, of anybody is can I get some sort of balance in my life? I think probably more than anything else today, we want to have some semblance of balance in our lives. It's probably not ever going to be perfect balance, but some of the things we're talking about here today, if you can just have a game plan around these things, that's balance to me. I don't think you're ever going to find perfect balance, but having a game plan and a system around your time management, your nutrition, the way you take care of your body, your sleep, Aaron, right? That's, that's a monster victory. And most people aren't winning in any of these. Well, and, and I think, you know, part of this is, and, and I've been through this, so I'm a perfect example of it. A lot of the times we confuse hours worked with productive hours worked, right? Or we confuse busyness. Activity with accomplishment. I say it all the time. Activity with accomplishment. Right? So busyness. many confuse activity with accomplishment. Yeah, busyness with business. I, I remember like l- listening to this, um, I, I can't remember who it was, it was some speaker a long time ago, and, and they were talking about this guy in their office, and he sat in his, his, his you know, glass office overlooking the, the city, and one of the employees in the office used to always walk by, and he'd just be staring off into thin air, this guy, and everyone else was running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And it irritated this guy, this employee, so much that he went to the boss and he said, does this guy actually do anything? You know, we're all running around, blah, blah, blah. And the boss said, that guy comes up with one idea a month that makes us a million dollars. If you see that guy staring off into space, don't even think about interrupting him. That's the difference between being busy and business. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to set these parameters in place and these systems in place so that the time that we are working is super high value, super productive. And as your business grows, this is the game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do I make a $500 an hour? Do I make a thousand dollars an hour? Do I make $5,000 an hour? You constantly have to look at the things that you're doing and ask yourself, am I doing $500 an hour activity or $1,000 an hour activity? Is my body and my mind in the right place to be able to pull that off? Are my systems in the right place to be able to pull that off? Am I really zoning in on the highest ROI activity and physically, mentally, spiritually ready to attack that at the highest level? Or... Am I a ping pong, a ping pong, you know, going back and forth, putting out fires 24 seven. At the end of the day, you look back at your day and go, I don't even know what I did. I don't and know what you, I got and you, and, you, and you ever notice you start to look drained. Yes. Your appearance starts to become drained. You look drained because you operate, you let yourself be drained. So you start looking drained and it's like, man, this, this whole spiral effect, this snowball effect downwards can if you're not conscious to all this stuff, I mean, it sounds like we're having a, a way off topic, woo-woo conversation here today, nope. but man, oh man, oh man, you will struggle mightily 
If you don't get a handle around your time and physically how you take care of yourself so you can perform in that time. And ultimately the end result here is you can probably get way more done in less time, right? So, so oh, a no traditional question. person, Aaron's eight hour a day, if you have these methods in place, can be an incredibly productive four to five hours a day. So think about that for a minute. Four to five hour days can look like the average person's eight hour days. You want to talk about a win? How about taking back 15 to 20 hours in a week? That's right? a huge or, win. Or, or look at the impact on the things that you're working on. I know the impact of the things that I work on in two hours a day from a financial standpoint are 10x what anybody else is working on for two hours because yeah. I'm I'm hyper-focused on big picture objectives, you know, valuing my time and, and putting it in there. And, and, and if you look at um, an example in the world kind of to reinforce what we're talking about, you know who the singer is, Ed Sheeran, right? Yep. So Ed Sheeran felt like he was in a, a funk for making music, couldn't get inspired, a lot of fame, being pulled in a million different directions, just just couldn't 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 quite get back into gear. Mm -hmm. So what he did is he shut his phone off and he put it in a drawer and he got in his car and he left. He left for eight months. Left where? No just phone. drove off and just drove off, just started going. He's like, I'm out. I need to recharge. I need to to find my inspiration again. And people said, well, how did you even like, how did you even do business? Like, how did you respond to your agents or your this or that? He said, I would stop once a day in a cafe that had an email, old school email access, get on the computer, answer the four or five emails for half an hour of, of, of my agents, my managers, whatever. And that was it. I did not, there was, otherwise there was no connection to him whatsoever. In that eight months, he wrote the best selling album that he's ever put out all that Ed Sheeran stuff you've heard over the last year and a half was from that album hmm. and he was like you know why because I kept the main thing the main thing disconnected got present went to yep. work focused on high output high ROI activity and didn't get sucked into the matrix and my favorite quote when I read that about him is he said do you know what happens when your phone dings the notifications all those things dinging away do you know what that translates to it translates to I want, I want, I want, I want, I want staff member wanting an answer to a question, wife, want, wife wanting to know when we're having dinner, kid wanting to know if you'll buy them a new video game on their Xbox, you know, client wanting to know if you can answer this question about it. Your phone is literally saying, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. You shut it off and then you get to focus on what you want and where the highest ROI activity is. It's big stuff. It's not easy. There's so much tech today. We think because of all this tech, we're hyper-productive. I think it's a double-edged sword. I don't think you disagree, right? Nope. Where it's, we need the tech. Tech is amazing. But if you let the tech take control of you, I always say it can be like kryptonite and it can sap you. It's like Superman trying to get off the ground and he's just the strongest guy in the world is just stuck. He's frozen in quicksand because of kryptonite. This is, a, this is kryptonite if you let it become kryptonite or it can become the most productive, amazing thing on the planet earth like we've just seen in the last six months with companies making a fortune with just a zoom connection where they yeah. needed to do all these big events prior and now they're able to pull it off on zoom perfect example of technology just hitting the ball out of the park but like you said if you let it become every part of your waking hour oh my gosh it will backfire like there's no tomorrow which brings me to my last point which is a, a technique that i call that, that i learned early on called batching where when you attack your day, you have set days or set parts of the day for set things. 
and versus just stopping, starting, stopping, starting on a million different things, right? So as an example, if you need to shoot two or three videos in your business, if you need to do an event like, I don't know, be on Zoom sessions and do discovery or strategy calls or whatever, you box those into certain times of the day so you're all in on that one thing. So let's say between 9 and 12 every day, between 9 a.m. and 12, every day I'm going to be doing my sales calls, let's say, between 9 and 12, and then I'm done. And I can unwind, reset, and then after 12, 1, maybe after lunch or whatever, I can maybe go into a different mode. Maybe that mode is creating marketing. Maybe that mode is operations. Maybe that mode is financial planning. Maybe that mode is taking some time off and working out. And that that line in the sand has been drawn. That box has been checked. It's not sales call here, sales call there, sales call over here. Like you and I, when we do sales calls, I look at our schedule sometimes and I'm kind of boxed into like this two, three hours in the morning time. And I see you're boxed into this like two, three hours in the afternoon time. They're not scattered all over the place because that's that scattered energy also that you were talking about before where it's do a sales call, stop, get into operations, stop, deal with a personal issue, stop. So that's just as bad is the mismanagement of the day What's been a real win for me is batching those activities into certain times of the day. And I actually have a couple of days a week now, Aaron, where like right now I'm in my main office, studio, lights, camera, everything on. And I have, I have a couple of days of the week, usually one or two days of the week where I won't come into the big studio environment where I'm on all the time. And I'll just work in a conference room by myself to get my creative work done. I'll yep. batch that into like a Tuesday morning or a Thursday afternoon and I'll just disconnect. Really, yep. I'll just get done the revenue producing high impact stuff that normally I would, I would if, if I'm in this environment that I'm in right now, it would be stop, start, stop, start. I wouldn't get it done. It would be chunks and bits and pieces and it would be fragmented attention and frankly, fragmented results. So you, you, you well, see what I'm doing there with yeah, the batching and the... I think it was you who actually told me this and it stuck for a really long, it was years ago you told me this. Maybe it was Eben Pagan's productivity Might course. Might have been actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and you, Yes, that was a big. You were saying a, to me, sign, it was like scientifically proven that the moment that you shift from a project that you're working on into something else and you put your brain there, it takes something like 15 or 20 minutes to get back correct. into the, the groove of what you were doing before, which is why multitasking is so inefficient. Correct. Which is why you should batch. I think what you were saying is you should batch and then you should give yourself at least – 15 to 20 minutes before you even go into the next batch because you need time to like shift your focus. Exactly. Into the yeah. Thing. And the example that he used, it was Evan Pagan. He had a really popular and, you know, huge sales numbers. They did on this wake up productive program years ago, right? Probably around the time we met and, and yeah, it's almost like the analogy he uses resetting the calculator, right? So like when you're done with that batched area or those tasks, you know, you hit clear on the, it, it by stopping and disconnecting and maybe going in, taking a walk or getting a drink or having a meal and then coming back to something else. You've reset the calculator. You can now have focus energy on the next thing versus the fragmented attention on, off, on, off, on, off that again, it'll, your day will be eight hours instead of six focused. And that's a loss, right? That's a, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to do every single day to be operating so reactively that every single day feels like, you know, you, you were in a 12 round fight, right? Groundhog day. Groundhog day. Exactly. So listen, we covered a lot here. We, we started with, I guess, taking care of yourself mentally and physically first. I think that's the foundation always, because again, you could be inflamed and overweight and in pain and weak and good luck performing. It always comes back to that. 
But once you get that right now, how am I going to box myself into a day that works for me and my business and allows me to get more done in less time at equals leverage in my view? And that's that's what it's all. There's a lot of strategies on this, right? We could probably have a whole show on different productivity, time management, positioning type stuff. I think we talked a lot about it here today. And hopefully you'll do this, right? There's certain, even if you do one or two of these things, that's what I was going to say. It's the compound effect, right? Even if you just choose one or two going into 2021 and say, you know what? These are the two things I'm going to implement. I'm going to test it. You don't, I mean, if you don't do all of them, if you want to do them, if you don't want to do all of them, take a couple, but try to get a win, right? Try to get a win on something. Absolutely. Right. Try to get a win on something, either, you know, take Aaron's advice of legitimately. And I, I listen, I need to do better with what you, you've you've clearly knocked the cover off the ball when it comes to the whole sleep thing. I think I really got my 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 my, um, you know, my 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 plan down with the whole strength training exercise thing. That's like a real strength to me. No pun intended. Right. Where the sleep thing is a real strength to you. I need to do that. Right. I need to do that one thing. Like I'm taking one thing from the episode here and I am going to. Pick a time. By the way, you see these crazy glasses? Yeah. So I'm wearing these. These aren't real glasses. These are the yellow. Um, they block yep. out the blue light. So I'm like under a lot of light right now and throughout the day. So I've been wearing these and my eyes don't get as tired. But the company that I bought these from called True Dark, um, they also have a nighttime. Uh, they're red. Super dark. You put these on, you feel like you ever you ever go to one of those 3D movies? When you yeah. put those 3D glasses on, you know, like the little paper glasses and everything's dark yeah. except the movie's bright as day. So what yeah. is what it does is the, the ones that I try to wear at night, again, choosing that time, is any blue light that's on, TV, lights, cell phone, it completely blocks that out so that the body thinks it's pitch black and you can wind down better. Like I said, I have trouble winding down at night. You don't have this problem. So for me, I'm like trying to hack everything. My mind's going at night. I'm still working at night. So these are the daytime ones for, you know, regular light during the day. And the dark red ones, my kids, my wife, they crack up laughing. I'm walking around the house at 9, 10 o'clock at night. I look like one of those, like almost like one of those Avenger guys. I mean, like my, my, my kids sometimes will be like, hey, kid, where are those crazy? Can you put those crazy red glasses on? I want to see those. It's like this big entertainment factor. But I'm like really trying to hack my sleep. I'm trying to do better. There's ways to do it. So that shuts out all that blue light to help you shut down. And I need to do that personally. That's my takeaway. Yeah. And, and you know what, I'm getting the, the, you know, most recent, um, fitness machine that you got, which you've seen astronomical results with, Oh yeah, big. you know, to have here in my office so that I can get that a little bit more structured. There's always, there's always places that you can optimize. There's always weaknesses that you can optimize and you kind of take one, you get it locked in, you take another, you get it locked in, you yes. take another, you get it locked yes. in and little, little, little victories, right? Yeah. And the compounding effect of all of them you know, you start to talk to people and it happens all the time is they're like, how do you get so much done? Right. And I'm like, well, because I'm optimized when I'm, when I'm going. That's the word, man, right there. That's the word optimized. Listen, you know, what we'll do is in the show notes for the, for the, for the replay of this at our site, we'll put in some of these little hacks and resources we use. There's some sleep things. There's the aura ring we mentioned. You just mentioned the strength training device called X, the X3 bar that I've been using for two and a half months. I've gotten the best strength training, the best strength and muscle development results of my life at 47 years old in a nine-week window. I won't share the numbers, but we'll, we'll put links to these things down below because again, just choosing one or two along the way and then compounding and then going to number two and then going to number three, you start to see like things change dramatically for you, both personally and professionally. And really, I think that's what we're all about here on the show is we can absolutely get you a result professionally, but if personally you're not taking care of 
mind, body, soul, you're done. It'll be such short-lived success. And there'll be such little wins that don't go the distance. It'll blow you away. We see it happen all the time. And it's a fight we're always fighting, right? I'm always fighting the fight. I right? won't go and down as you get older, fight. the fight gets harder, man. I, I ain't going down without a fight, bro. It, listen, so and here's the here's the most disappointing thing in the world to me. I'm going to leave it at this because I could go on. You know me, man. I get passionate about this stuff. But the most disappointing thing in the world, I think, for me today, humanity as a whole, is watching people not fighting the fight anymore. Not personally, not with their health, not with their finances, not with anything. They're just sitting back, doing what they Give need to do, bare minimum, Give reaction mode, fight the fight, get stronger, get leaner, sleep better, work better, perform better, create a time management plan, get a better system for managing people, fight the fight. It, it, do you agree? I mean, I feel like it, maybe I'm looking at it closely. I just feel like not a nope. lot of people are going down. They're, they're going down without a fight. I don't know. I think we I think we end the show with that. Make 2021 the year you fight the fight. And listen, it doesn't matter when you're listening to this. You may listen to this six months into 2021, right? In multiple different platforms that we're on. It can always work when you're trying to optimize. Optim there's no there's no calendar for optimization, right? I think the new year thing is a is a bit of a farce, right? Everybody thinks it's a nice I can only do this stuff in the new year. No, you need every month should be like a new year. Yep. Right? So as you start a new month, you should take the approach that most people take. They're so militant about what they want to do in the new year. You should be like that every single month. As January and as February hits and then March hits, you should be going into a month like most people go into a new year. I know we do with big plans, big ideas, radical adjustments. That's how you're going to win the game both personally and professionally. Agreed. I'm going to wrap it there, my friend, because... Uh, this could have easily been a two-hour show. Why do we? Why, why can't it be one day? I mean, who knows? We can do whatever we want. We'll be back with with you know some more sales and marketing and you know revenue and profit type stuff next week. But I thought this was a good one because you got to keep coming back to the fundamentals, and that's what this is all about. So I'm going to wrap it there, Aaron. As always, it was a great one. Good seeing you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Sales Velocity TV and Radio. We'll see you on the next one. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.